Thank you, Ellen, for that introduction, and it's great to be here with you again. I see a lot of familiar faces and a lot of new faces, too, which is great, and uh, I certainly appreciate you being here to uh, come uh, to Sunday service uh, such as this and right after Christmas. And uh, so, we're, do you still feel like it's too early to uh, leave Christmas behind, or is it, <laughs> isn't it, for me anyway, Christmas went by too quickly, and I kind of wished it lasted a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, it's about a year ago that I, I think I have a mic on here, so I don't have to stand behind there, but it was about a year ago that I was here last, and uh, it's a real privilege of mine to be with, to, with you again. And uh, I've got a bit of a big, uh, tall order today. Um, I'm preaching a sermon on hospitality, but I'm also speaking about uh, Sanctuary Youth Center. So, so I'm going to be trying to wear two hats. One is my executive director hat, and one is my uh, pastor hat, where I'm, I'm also wanting to uh, speak the word of God and hope and pray that it will... Uh, uh, all reach our hearts in, in a way that will help us know how we can put it into practice. And uh, so before I do that, I'd like to ask you to join me in a word of prayer. Thank you, God, so much for uh, just being here with us. Thank you for this congregation and for this the time that we had to worship you together. I pray, God, that you would just use me and that you would help me to uh, be concise and uh, clear And God, I just pray that I would speak your words today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I wish to begin by saying a big thank you. Uh, uh, This church has done an incredible amount of good by supporting us uh, in many ways. This church supports us. There's individuals here that support us financially, and there's individuals here who also volunteer. Is Hayden here today? He's not here, but he volunteers regularly, and the kids love him, and he loves them back. And uh, so we thank you for your support in both financial terms and in terms of manpower. And I just want to say, I don't know how many of you were involved in the Christmas uh, gifts, but we had some, a Christmas backpack giveaway. Uh, we gave away some 42 backpacks filled with goodies, half of which were for girls and half for boys. And a number of you participated by helping fill some backpacks. And um, uh, those are some of the faces of those that we serve at Sanctuary. And I'm going to explain what Sanctuary is in a minute, but I just want to say thank you because we gave out protein bars and we gave out chocolate bars and we gave out some fleece jackets. And I don't know who's who's behind the idea with the fleece jackets, but uh, Gateway Baptist Church gave us a spinner. You know, like you'd see on, uh, is it Wheel of Fortune? Or whatever game show it is, you spin this wheel and it lands as a little ticker and it lands. And so that's what we used. And we gave away fleece jackets. Eight for guys and eight for girls. Well, you should have seen them. They were just going bonkers over these jackets. And uh, one girl didn't get one, a black and red one, like she wanted. So I had to go the following week and see if there was one. I knew where they're from. And I bought one because I wanted to make sure that, that she got a jacket too. Anyway, so thank you so much for uh, your involvement with us. And uh, it can be as simple as that. 
just uh, 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 meeting a need with a tangible thing like a backpack, and uh, and we'll we'll try to do our best to get, to share it with those youth that we see. So, what is Sanctuary Youth Center? For those of you who don't know, it's a drop-in center that's been open some 20 years in the downtown uh, Victoria area. It's in the basement of Church of Our Lord. We have about 1,500 square feet of space where we have a kitchen. We have two bathrooms, a shower, some laundry services. Church of Our Lord has just allowed us to use their washer and dryer, which is down the hall. So now we have two uh, washers and dryers, and I want you to know that in the winter, those get used quite heavily. Uh, uh, Sanctuary Youth Center is an agency that's supported by approximately 10 local churches in Victoria, and that's how it got started. A chaplain that worked at a uh, uh, jail uh, and a custody center for youth had this vision to start a drop-in center, and together with a number of pastors dreamed that this is something they wanted to do, and they covenanted together to start it, and uh, it's been here ever since. And so I'm just so thankful to be a part of what other people started and step into that role and try to run with it. And uh, so thank you so much. I think I have some slides uh, behind me to illustrate kind of what attendance we've been having. All right, so October, November, December, we've been fluctuating between 20 and 30 uh, youth each day we open. We open Friday, Saturday, Sunday for three hours each day, and we serve a warm meal each time we open. We take donated clothes, and we sell for a dollar because we don't like giving out handouts if possible. We think that demeans the youth if, if uh, they just get handouts. And so uh, that's the attendance. And you can see it's fluctuated quite a bit. But uh, notice the spike in December. That was the day we gave out backpacks. And, uh, <laughs> and coincidentally, if you notice the other red and blue graph, the, uh, the red stands for guys and the blue for girls. And notice how many more guys there are that come. The one day that it was about even was the day we gave out backpacks. Interesting, right? Uh, Just so you know, girls tend to be the more hidden people on the street. They're the ones who are maybe um, not as visible. They are uh, in other places. And so they're not always recognized in terms of statistics, but they are there. As you could tell by that day that uh, we gave out backpacks, the numbers are about even. So they don't always come, but we know they're there. So what what am I talking about? Sanctuary Youth Center serves youth who are vulnerable. They're vulnerable to uh, addictions. They're vulnerable to exploitation. They're vulnerable to just simply dropping out of school and homelessness and all the things around that. And so those are, those are the youth we serve. Uh, we are collaborating with the police agencies, with social services, MCFD. We collaborate with other agencies and meet monthly with them so that we can ensure less and less youth fall through the cracks and, uh, and that they're supported. Um, I'd love to talk to you more, but I want to just get, tell you a little bit of a more story about uh, Christmas. And... Uh, so we, we were going to make turkey for, for that day. It was December the 17th, 
or sorry, the 15th, that we were giving out backpacks and we had turkey lined up, but we recognized that we were going to need more than just one turkey. So I asked Dorothy Morrison, who runs Imagine Studio Cafe. Uh, it's another, it's a business, social enterprise. They employ youth, and they, uh, and, and they do so with the idea of training them and helping them learn an employable skill. And I asked Dorothy if she would cook a turkey, which we had donated frozen to us, and she said yes. And so they have a commercial kitchen, and it's not far from us, so they cooked a turkey that day. Friday morning, they got in the oven, and they have a young man that works for them at the counter, and he also attends sanctuary. And so the turkey was done and was scheduled to come at, to the center at 3, which was approximately at the time that uh, food was and people were arriving. And Dorothy got in her car to bring around the front to bring the turkey, and uh, she went inside and found that the turkey was gone. Zach did not get the memo. He's the guy that works there. And he was so excited, the turkey was done. He put it in a tub. He got on the bus and took off to go to sanctuary without telling Dorothy that he had gone. So here Zach comes in with the turkey at sanctuary, and Dorothy came in minutes later laughing and a little bit apprehensive, but uh, we got the turkey no less. Uh, Speaking of food... um, the topic for today is hospitality. And uh, I wanted to say thank you for the, the young lady who's read scripture. Thank you. You did a very good job there. And uh, I, I really love those verses. And they speak a little bit about hospitality. And so hospitality is something that we want to create at Sanctuary Youth Center. And that's why we believe it's central to have a meal for the youth when they come in. And so when they come in, they come in, the typical routine is we put a sign outside, we unlock our door, at 3 o'clock they start coming in and they sign in. They have, we have a little sign-up sheet so we know a record that they've been there. They start to put their skateboards away and they put their jackets down, their backpacks down if they have some and, and they, they wait for the meal. We have ping pong, we have pool tables, we have a little boxing and gym area now that we've developed and so they can get some exercise and that's what happens. But we try to remember them by name and, uh, and welcome them and greet them and, and show some excitement that they're there. Um, the reason we do that, I believe, is because, well, we're Christian. We believe God loves us and that he loves these youth, and we want to show them that, that they, they are loved. And I think one way to demonstrate that is by rolling out a red carpet for them when they come and to, know, to show them that they're loved. And I think that's Christianity has hospitality in its DNA. I'd like to believe that. Hospitality is in our DNA. Would you agree with me on that? It should be our way of life, a practice. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about hospitality, but I also want to try to bring in some some, uh, threads with regard to Christmas because Christmas is all about Jesus and his incarnation. And coming to this world and uh, setting up his tent, as John 1 says, and dwelling among us. And by supporting Sanctuary Youth Center, you're helping us set up our tent right on the youth turf, so to speak, and giving us a place for youth to come. And we are right there in the heart of where it's all happening. 
So first point I'd like to make is that hospitality should be countercultural. Hospitality is countercultural. I think in our society, in the West especially, we like to compartmentalize our lives. We like to keep things neat and tidy. We like to keep neighbors maybe at a respectable distance. But hospitality is countercultural because it forces us to come alongside one another, to interact with others who may be different than us, who maybe don't have the same values, the same manners that we do. And by welcoming them into our lives and sometimes into our homes, we are, we are extending the grace of God. We are learning something. And we are being countercultural. And that's why I like the text in Luke, in Luke chapter 11. The Luke 11 passage really talks about prayer. It's about Jesus talking about the Lord's Prayer. And then he goes into talking about, suppose a friend of yours comes in the middle of the night and asks for bread. And it's to illustrate prayer. But I wanted to, to point it out, but Jesus is talking to and his disciples. And he's using a story I believe is not unlikely. It is something I think that when they heard it, they were going, yeah, that's happened to me. It's something that's familiar. But you know what happens if someone comes to our house at 3 a.m.? We think it's an intruder. You know, we, we have security systems on our houses just for that reason. Lights that turn on at night. <clears throat> Motion sensor. But in, in the Middle East, the time of Jesus, hospitality was very important value, very important culturally. Jesus was, remember, a Jew, a Middle Eastern Jew. And it was important to show hospitality. The other point I want to make is, and this may be a little bit of a stretch for some of us, um, but shame is an important part of Middle Eastern culture and most other non-West cultures. For the man to get up and hear his neighbor ask for bread and not do anything would have brought shame on the man asking because he wouldn't have been able to provide his neighbor, his uh, visitor with anything to eat. But it would have also brought shame on the entire village. We don't maybe understand that, but in communal cultures like overseas in Philippines, if you go to anyone here been to the Philippines? Okay, one, two, three. In the Philippines, if you go there and you're Western and you go in a taxi on the way to the airport, guess what the taxi driver asks you? Any guesses? Let's let's see if you know. What would the taxi driver ask? a Westerner on the way to the airport to leave the country. Where are you from? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, they're wondering why you're there. Yeah. What's the deal with Donald Trump? What? It would ask you, how do you like my country? It's important you answer that one well. How do you like my country? It's his country. Because there's a sense that this is our country. This is us. And what you say about our country is going to reflect on me. 
You might take it very personally if you speak negatively about the country. Because it's a shame-based culture. I'll give you another quick example. My wife's from the Philippines, and we attended a small group in a church that we now are part of. And the host was the leader of this Bible study that we were going through. And they didn't have time to always prepare food. So my wife, without telling them, took it upon herself to make food and bring it. Because she did not want them to be embarrassed by the lack of food on the table. She was saving them the embarrassment. That is, that is how most of the world operates, my friends. I think Canada, is the, ex- the United States, is a little bit of the exception. <coughs> Hospitality is cross-cultural. We've got to be able to let go of some of our preconceived beliefs, especially when you're serving youth downtown. We've got to let go of some of the things that we, we think are important to us and welcome the stranger in. Welcome them. Does it matter to you that piercings are on their faces or that tattoos are all over the place? Does it matter to you what they wear, what language they use? If it does, then you may have a trouble. You may have trouble uh, volunteering at Sanctuary Youth Center, <clears throat> and you may have trouble extending hospitality. Now, when I say hospitality is cross-cultural. Uh, my family and I went at Christmas to a movie, and we saw this movie, uh, The Greatest Show on Earth, I think it's called, or The Greatest Showman. And in the trailer, they showed this video, and I wanted to prepare it for you. I wonder if we get the lights down, and we'll watch it together. Apparently, someone else has caught on to this idea of hospitality. Now, uh, that commercial was, has anyone seen that before? All right. So you know uh, what company is behind that commercial? Can't remember? President's Choice. I'm a little bit envious of President's Choice. <laughs> my, my friends, as churches, we've been, we've been doing this for hundreds of years, right? We, we got the corner on this. But President's Choice did a good job. Let's give them that to, to, uh, to advertise. But I think... This is, this is what we do, isn't it? This is what we do. This is who we are, and it ought to be, and it's something we ought to remember, especially this time of season and this time of year. One of the reasons I'm passionate about hospitality and about this idea of sharing meals together and, uh, and opening our door to youth of Victoria is because... Uh, I am so strongly convinced of the importance of community. And individualism, sorry, these are big ideas, but individualism in the West, I think, is good and has its place. But I think we can lose something of community if we make individualism the, the main thing. And I think we ought to, I think that, that uh, new Canadians coming to our country can teach us something about what it means to live together in community. And if you've ever traveled overseas and lived there for any period of time, we can also learn something about what it means to live in community with one another. Um, and the reason I'm passionate about this is I believe that in some ways um, it's not a cure-all, but it does solve a lot of problems. 
What I mean by that is, I'll, I'll illustrate this with a story. I had the privilege of being part of a community consultation with United Way. And they brought in community leaders and agency heads to come and talk about the issues on Victoria. This is back in the fall of last year. And, uh, and we're batting around what are all the challenges that we face downtown especially. Can anyone tell me what you think we thought or we came up with as the major issues in Victoria? Can I just get some suggestions? Loneliness. Loneliness. Yeah. Homelessness. Fentanyl. Drug addictions. Yep. Yes, sir. Lack of hope. Yeah. Maybe no jobs, no accessible accessible, uh, housing. Yeah, just really difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. Disconnection. Can you explain that a little bit? Right. Good point. I think what you're alluding to there is exactly what I'm trying to get at. The lack of community. Disconnect. And I feel like a lot of, and not all, there are reasons for mental illness and depression. There are psychological, physiological reasons. I'm not an expert, but I I do rely on experts. But I do believe that in some ways, a lot of problems will be solved if we're just in community, healthy, close community with one another. When a person's alone and they're depressed and there's no one to talk to or relate to, that just spirals downhill. And so I was at this community consultation sitting with a retired judge. He volunteers at Seven Oaks, which is over on Blackensop. And he said to me, and kept saying to the United Way staff, you guys are missing the point. Mental illness is a major issue downtown, and no one's really addressing it. And no one wants to work with the people with mental illness, because if they do, it's just so difficult. So they're, all the people with mental illness is like treated with arm, at arm's length. And the longer we treat them at arm's length, the more likely they're going to spiral downhill and go down, downward. And that's exactly what we're seeing. I think that he hit the nail on the head. And so I think the need for community is very important in terms of addressing mental health, mental health and depression, anxiety, and things like that. Speaking of anxiety, I hadn't planned to say this, but a, a major problem that's happening on the streets is that youth with anxiety are being prescribed uh, medicine. And that medicine, while can be helpful if the youth is surrounded by supports, They've found that youth have become addicted to it. And now they're being sold that same medicine on the street, and then it just becomes a big problem. And so um, we're finding that's, that's the case. So we've had a few 13-year-old and 14-year-old kids come to the center in, in December. I'm not kidding. These are kids that were in relatively healthy homes, and uh, they, they have, they were, they're on the street in part because of an addiction to to uh, anti-anxiety medicine. Mental health, community, hospitality is important. And by, by supporting Sanctuary Youth Center, you're helping us make a place where people can feel at home. And when I talk to youth, and I'm not bragging, okay, it's not because of me specifically, although I have something to do with it, 
It's because of the volunteers and the caliber of volunteers and staff that I have that we try very hard and work hard at making Sanctuary Youth Center a place where youth can feel welcomed and belong. We just opened Wednesdays now for girls only. We have three facilitators for that group. And uh, so we meet Wednesdays now on top of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, I've heard from youth more than once. They say, Darren, we love this place. When we come here, you remember us by name. We're not treated like a number. We don't feel like you're just wanting to feed us and send us away, which is how, other, how they feel in many other places. And so we want to be and value hospitality. I think I made my point. And so, but I can, can't speak uh, enough about that. Hospitality is countercultural. Another point I want to make about hospitality is that it only works if you treat people that you're welcoming as equals. If we think that we are helping people kind of like a, we're up here and you're down there, and uh, we're, by giving something to you, you know, we feel good about ourselves now, and we're going to help you get up to where we are, that is a wrong attitude. And that doesn't work. Youth and the people we serve are going to notice that right away. And so what we try to do when we serve youth is we try to remember them by name and we try to remember their strengths. We try to remember what they're good at and congratulate them for that and remind them of how, how uh, uh, their, their abilities. And uh, there was a young lady who came to the center She's, uh, and she had an idea about showing a movie. She wanted to see the movie The Grinch that stole Christmas. And uh, I said, okay, why don't you go around and ask everyone to see if that's what they want to do. And so she went around, but she didn't ask. <laughs> she kind of convinced. And, uh, but she did, she did it. And we watched the movie that day. And afterward, there was three or four of us that congratulated her and said, you know what, that was a great idea. It went over great. Thank you for doing that. And I could just, you could just see her self-esteem go up, you know, because she knew she was good at something, and she did it well. And that's something we like to try to remind youth, that they have abilities, and they might never, never have seen them. Sometimes it takes an adult to come alongside of them and say, this is what we see in you. We see this strength in you. And uh, hospitality has to be among equals. It's hospitality is a learning experience. Every time you welcome someone into your life and into your home, you learn something new, don't you? You learn something about someone. They're different than, everyone's different in some way. And if we look at it that way, we, we can look at hospitality as a learning experience. Scripture says in Hebrews that, that uh, the writer of Hebrews told their readers that they should remember to practice hospitality. Why? Because some, in so doing, entertain angels. And Jesus himself said, and that was part of our scripture, um, you know, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. And we often forget that when we're serving people in need, it's a two-way street. We help them in some tangible ways, yes. We give out backpacks, yes, but they also give something to us. 
we also, we also benefit ourselves. And it has to be seen that way as a two-way street. And, and, uh, and uh, there's so much that we can learn from sharing life together that way. Jesus said that in serving those in need, we're actually serving him. And we try to have that attitude when we're at Sanctuary Youth Center to remind ourselves that we, by serving the youth of our city, are serving Christ, and we're meeting Christ. And that is what the incarnation is all about, isn't it? Christ came and made his dwelling among us. I'm always inspired by missionaries who give up their lives and go to another country and devote their entire lives and careers and bring their families, in some cases, to another country to learn something of that culture, to be part of that culture, and to minister in the name of Christ. I spent a year in the Philippines in 1990, and it was a great life-changing experience. I don't know if you've been on short-term missions trips. Can I maybe see a show of hands? Anybody? Wonderful. There's some, there's some uh, cons with short-term missions trips. I know what they are. I've, uh, there's a poster in the back foyer. If you haven't seen it, there's a poverty workshop being held at Lambrick next Saturday. If you have a chance, I would like to encourage you to go. This is something you're passionate about. Learn how to minister to those in need in a sustainable way. That's what the poverty workshop's all about. And it's being held by a can of food for the hungry. Uh, we're going. We're bringing some volunteers because we want to do this in a way that's sustainable, that's that's. Careful, we're not just giving out handouts, and we're not just, what is it called? Enabling. We want to help youth progress. And so we are seeing uh, couples go into their own apartments. We're seeing and supporting uh, young mothers in getting their kids back from Ministry of Child and Family Development. We're working at it. We don't always succeed, and it begins with relationship, but that's something that's of value to us. And I hope that that uh, we continue to learn, and I rely heavily on my board and my staff to help us continue in that direction. But missionaries, I'm going to close with the story of a missionary who went to American family, missionary, uh, went to a a small country in the Pacific called Yap. Would you believe it? I've never even heard of it until I read about it. But it's called Yap. It's in Micronesia. And he went there for like a year to learn the language. And upon arriving, he was given two different uh, suggestions as to where to live. There was one place near a lagoon by the beach with palm trees, and it was quiet, and it was secluded, and it was safe, and that was one place. And the other place that he had a choice to live, remember, he's there to learn the language and study how American culture has impacted this, this other culture, the other place he had to live was in a busy community where there was women and children and noise from sunrise to sunset. And he went to his interpreter and he said, I think I'd like to live over. And the interpreter interrupted him and said, no, I think, you know what, it'd be better if you lived in this noisy neighborhood. The American side, the values that he had, you know, wouldn't we rather live in that that beachfront property? Isn't that kind of where we're all thinking in our minds? This is where we want to go? But in in this case, the missionary was encouraged to go live where life is messy. 
where it's not, not always secure and, and predictable. And, and, uh, and they, they went there, and they learned the language really quickly. <laughs> By going downtown, we're learning a culture. We're learning to get involved in people's lives in a way that's messy, that's sometimes it's, it's not happy. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we do go home with, with tears in our eyes. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard. And I'm sorry I'm crying here, but I do appreciate your willingness to support us and pray for us. We have a sign-up sheet in the back if you'd like to pray, if you'd like to get on our news list, our newsletter uh, sign-up sheet. If you'd like to come visit our center and see what we do more firsthand, I'll be willing to take you around and show you around. But thank you so much for listening today and for um, being part of our, what we're doing downtown.